Welcome to Splash, a podcast that is part of the disciple-making initiative of the Tennessee District of the United Pentecostal Church, creating Apostolic Network in every community. And I'm your host, Tucker Johnson. Welcome to Splash. This is the first ever episode of the podcast. And we're so honored today to have our guest, District Superintendent, Brother Doug Ellensworth. He's going to be kind of introducing Network to us and Splash today. Thanks, Tucker. I appreciate being invited to join you for this first episode. Network started a couple of years ago when we were trying to figure out how we can evangelize our state. As you know, Tennessee has been affected in a positive way by much of the auto, automotive industry moving toward uh, more electronic vehicles. There's been billions of dollars invested in Tennessee. Tennessee's economy has been very strong and over the past several years, uh, huge amounts of people have moved in, in particular to metropolitan Nashville. At one point, uh, government officials in Nashville said about 110 people a day were moving into Nashville. And so when we started talking about how we can evangelize Tennessee, we can't build churches fast enough to keep up with the growth in Tennessee, and it's extremely expensive. Looking back at the biblical model, and in particular, building off the foundation that Brother Stan Gleason laid in his book, Follow to Lead, we decided that the only way we can effectively evangelize our state is to create a culture of disciple-making. And our goal is to create a, a culture of disciple-making from the cradle to the grave, to build it so much into our churches and ingrained into our way of life that our children grow up being disciple-makers. And so from Luke chapter 5, the story there is Jesus walks up to the sea where Peter, James, and John and their employees are fishing. And they're uh, cleaning their nets. They've been working with the nets because all night long they have fished and caught nothing. So they've cleaned and repaired. And apparently they're about finished with that process and ready to go home and have a good night's rest or a good day's rest, I guess, because they've been working all night. When Jesus asked Peter to um, go out from the shore a little ways and cast out his net. And Peter, being the professional fisherman, knew that it wasn't the right time, wasn't the right place. But he said, nevertheless, I'll do it. And you know the story. Um, they caught so many fish, the nets began to break. They had to motion for their partners to come out and help them. They brought in so many fish that now the boats are sinking. And in the middle of all of this excitement, in the middle of this success, probably the greatest success a commercial fisherman will ever have, that's when Jesus says to Peter, you come with me and we'll catch men. And he was illustrating to him that if you think this is exciting and powerful and wonderful, we can go catch men and it is much more exciting and much more eternal than just catching these fish. And so from that, we took the two words, net work, not network in one term that's pretty, uh, for the last several years, especially since the advent of the computer age and technology has gotten so, um, it's infiltrated every part of our life where we talk about network 
networking with computers, networking with machines, networking with people, all in one word. But this is different. We're talking about network, working with the nets. A fisherman is always working with his nets. He's either throwing them in and trying to catch fish, or he's pulling them in and unloading the fish they've caught, or he's cleaning or repairing or fixing, but he's always working with his net. And so should we as Christians always be working with our nets, always building and making disciples. And so from that, we took this initiative and we've called it Network. And our goal is to build a culture of disciple making that influences and affects every part of our, of our church culture, specifically here in Tennessee. And so we, um, we came up with a few, a few ideas along the way to help us get this off of the ground and into the minds and the hearts and the heads of other people. And our goal is to establish an apostolic network. And there it is, two words again, an apostolic network in every community. We may not be able to build churches fast enough. We may not be able to get enough preachers, but we have sufficient people that are born again, that are Holy Ghost filled and ready to do the work of the Lord. We can have an apostolic network in every community. So we established, um, we established a little training session to try to eliminate some of the concerns that people have. People feel like they don't have enough time, they don't have enough training, and those are some of the biggest reasons why folks hesitate to get involved in the work of network and in disciple-making. So we, we created eight lessons, and in those eight lessons, we tried to deal with the fears that people have with the concern of not having enough time or not enough education. We tried to deal with all of those and help them see that they're already making disciples. They may not be aware of what they're doing, but they're influencing people. And when it comes down to it, making a disciple is really, the whole process of disciple making is just moving somebody one step closer to being like Jesus. That's the whole purpose and the whole plot here of disciple making. And it's a, it's a continual lifestyle. So, we have these eight lessons and you can, you can see them. They're free. Folks can go to disciplemaker.network and their network is just one word because it's that, it's that address. But disciplemaker.network and you have to enroll, but it's all free. It's a, it's a teaching format and folks can access those eight lessons there. And um, that is our introduction to network. After we did those eight lessons, then we had a series of Zoom calls trying to, again, encourage people who had taken these sessions. And by the way, we had over 450 actually enroll in these network classes. So it's been very successful. And we had people like um, uh, Tom Trimble, pastor in St. Louis. We've had Brother Stan Gleason. We've had Robin and Jeff Hudiger, who are, um, I'll use the term just, they're not preachers, they're just members of their church, but they've, they've seen hundreds of people come to church as a direct result of their work and uh, baptized 100 people, many of them receiving the Holy Ghost. And these are, this is just a couple that are just going to work every day, but yet the Lord is using them to make disciples. So those are all there, those Zoom calls. 
So once we completed all of this, our next effort is to involve our younger people. Um, we want our children, as I've said before, we want them to grow up with an understanding of I am a disciple maker. And so we have, um, we've, we've created this, this challenge to attract our young people and we, we call it splash. Splash means I'm all in, I've jumped in. And so with network and now splash, we are trying to create um, an avenue to motivate our young people to not just desire to become disciple makers, but to understand the purpose that disciple making is a lifelong commitment. And no matter what else you may come in life, a banker, a lawyer, a trash collector, doesn't matter. You're a disciple maker. And so that's what Splash is all about. And that's how this podcast originated. We're trying to get this information into a format that our young people naturally consume and that's part of their life. And so uh, we're trying to infiltrate their young world by creating information and processes that they can use to enhance and improve their, their disciple making ability. And that's really what Splash is all about. Yes, sir. The uh, The culture of disciple-making is the future. And if we can get that instilled on, into the future from the beginning, because this next generation coming up, that's the future of the church. So if we can get that culture started, I do. I agree with you completely that that is where it has to start, is with our younger crowd. Absolutely. People that grow up, in an environment, regardless of what that environment is, to them, that's normal. And what we're trying to do is create an environment where our young people grow up in an environment of disciple making, that it's just what they do. And it's as normal as getting up and getting dressed to go to school or whatever. So this is our goal. And with network and particularly with Splash, we are trying to reach our, our young um, 11, 12, early teens, mm -hmm. those are the ones we're targeting with this. But obviously we want the entire family to, um, to be able to be involved in this splash process and be all in. Yes, sir. And I think it also matters that they recognize it doesn't matter where you come from or who you are. Disciple making is for everyone. You don't have to be the preacher. You don't have to be the worship leader or this, you can be just a kid, 11-year-old kid who can go out and take their friend from school one step closer to God by just talking to them and not being this or that at the church. And it, it that's in the embodied of bringing the younger generation up and showing them that this is who we are, this is who you can be, and showing them that disciple-making culture and being all in like Splash. Absolutely. And, and we're seeing that. We, our young people want to be involved, but sometimes we've just given them little segments. For instance, we have some great P7 clubs, mm -hmm. but when school's out of session, sometimes they dwindle or the ones who, who started the P7 club at that school move on to another school and they, they leave a little void there. But what we're trying to do is empower these young people who are excited and very successful with their P7 clubs. We're trying to move them to that, that next level of thinking that, hey, I don't have to just do this at school, yeah. but there's five or six of these kids maybe 
Um, we've had P7 clubs with well over 100 people attending. And from that group, those P7 club leaders or attenders may find five or six that um, are interested in knowing more. And they can continue to disciple them outside of the P7 club. So um, you're, you're kind of rowing right down the, the stream <laughs> that we want to go here with Splash. Our young people want to be involved. They're passionate. And we're trying to channel that passion into an everyday, all the time, always on disciple making. Yes, sir. I feel like there is a, a hunger right now in our, our younger generation that's greater than I feel like we may have seen ever seen. Because now the way the world is going right now, we need disciple makers more than ever. And it doesn't just have to be if we can get that mindset of in this four walls at the church out and it's where let's go out let's get our five or six friends and let's start taking them one step at a time where if each person takes five or six people closer to god well that's five or six more people times however many people do it so that's a greater number we're reaching and a greater spectrum of people that we're reaching than just if we stayed in our four walls at our church it is and we keep waiting and praying and talking about and preaching about this great revival that's coming. While although in the meantime, we've mm -hmm. got all of these young people. And even if your church only has four or five young people, it, they have passion, desire, and the great revi revival we keep preaching about and waiting on, we're overlooking because it's sitting right yeah. here in our church. Because as you described, if you've got three young people and they influence three people each, your church is tripled, yep. you know, and it's, it's just, um, there's an incredible potential, but not only is it just a potential, it's, it's biblical. Mm -hmm. This is the pattern that Jesus gave. Well, yeah, he told them, and like you said, in Luke five, he said, lay down your nets and follow after me. So that's the whole, the initiative to go. Yeah. Don't just, don't just, okay, I've called you, but just stay right there. No, he told them, take your nets and let's follow me. Let's go work. Let's go do, like you said, network. Let's work with our nets. Let's work with what God has given us, with what God is wanting to use us for. Yep. Let's catch men. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you, that's absolutely right. You know, a Harvard Business Review several years ago, um, they they did a, a study, and I'll, I'll, this is kind of off the cuff, mm -hmm. so I, I don't have the, the, all five of these here. But they listed five things that are important to people besides just the money they earn from working. In other words, in trying to motivate workers, they're not motivated just by the amount of money they are paid, but they're, they're motivated by several other things. And they, had, they listed five that were most important. But included in that was they want to feel like they're making a significant contribution. And secondly, they want to be recognized for that. I think we can pull those two things out. Our young people, many of them, as you mentioned a moment ago, they're, they're in, in terms, maybe they don't sing, they don't play musical instruments and they're not a preacher. They're just out there. But yet they have the same desires inside of them that God put there that the rest of us do. They wanna make a significant contribution and they wanna be recognized for that. Disciple making makes that possible because a person doesn't have to be able to sing. They don't have to be able to preach. They just have to be able to make friends yep. and everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. So the basic need to be recognized and to be appreciated and to make a significant contribution, young people 
Even some, I'm saying preteen people, can do this and find significance in church before they can ever find it in any other environment other than yeah. their own family. And so um, I, I think the key to this splash process is empowering not just our children, but letting the parents understand the significance of this so that they will um, continue to empower their children. I think also with with the way the world is, if the saying is, if you're old enough to be tempted, you're old enough to be used, that goes hand in hand in this. Like Just because you're not able to work in the church, like I already said, but you can easily get them friends and bring them one step closer to God, and you can easily become, before you know it, you've brought five to 10 to 15 people closer to God before you even know it by just having a conversation or making a friendship with them. Yes, and if we build this disciple-making culture, even into the lives of the people we're trying to disciple, they will continue to come into church with that culture already established. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you take somebody that knows absolutely nothing about the Bible, maybe they, they, they've grown up in a home that, that has no, no direction spiritually, they're just kind of left to do their own thing, and you teach them one lesson, and they find in there, it can be something like repentance, or it can be something like um, baptism or anything. When you finish teaching that lesson, you simply ask them, do you have any friends that would enjoy learning what you just learned? And they would probably say, yeah, and, and tell them, well, well, go teach them. Teach them what I just yeah. taught you and bring them with you next time. And we'll talk to them. And you're, you're putting in their head at the very beginning that this is not just something for me to gain and improve mm -hmm. my life. And in what we're hopefully leading people to do is experience salvation. But this is something that I can share to improve the life of my friends around me. And you're, you're creating that disciple-making culture. But at the same time, you're going back to what Harvard Business School says is an essential, an essential yearning in the life of every person to make a difference and to, to be recognized. And so you're giving people who may be coming from environments where they don't have an opportunity to contribute, people don't think they have any value, and people don't recognize them. Now you're telling them not only does the Bible give you hope and does Jesus saves, yeah. but in this process, it meets the inner cravings that you have mm -hmm. as a human being. So. Um, I'm excited about the potential here of network and particularly this splash endeavor that, that you guys are leading right now. Yes, sir. And it's a personal story about making, uh, fulfilling the cravings inside or the, that want to, to do something, have that. Uh, I go to school at Bethel University and we have a CMI there with one of the guys that we actually want to the Lord. It just started out with friendships and just talking. Well, once we got to talking to him and I was showing him, it just started out by explaining love to him, yeah. just explaining love. And I was like, and he was telling me what he was dealing with and struggling with. And I was showing him things in the Bible that I'd found that could fulfill those needs. Well, then it led on to the second person we had received the Holy Ghost. And he was talking to her already just while I was talking to her. And I didn't even know it till after she'd already been saved and received the Holy Ghost. Wow. So that's like you're saying, like, 
it it gets that fire inside of you that like okay I, I can do something too even though I don't come from the background that he does or the he he's a preacher's kid or he goes to church since he's a kid I don't come from that but I can still do something with with the kingdom in the kingdom of God yes. and so it showed me right there that okay this is not just for the the kid that goes to every every event every camp every church service it's for everybody yes sir everybody can build that culture of disciple making and get all in like we were saying with splash and can move the kingdom of god in their own general area in their own little group of people absolutely and everybody i say everybody this is a a broad statement i realize but so many people their their first fear or is they're not adequate they don't have the ability and again in disciple making it's like friendship you don't mm -hmm. have to be perfect friends don't expect their friends to be perfect yeah and so there are times where you may say somebody may come to you with an issue or a problem and you don't have the answer to that well that's no big deal but yet sometimes we're embarrassed as christians giving our testimony if we don't have every answer for any situation yep. that might arise but the truth is in in free flowing friendships um your your friends don't expect you to have all the answers and you can say hey i don't know that but that's a great opening for the next bible study let's talk about it yeah yeah so yeah yeah there has been the the first guy was saying we went to the to the lord and he received the holy ghost our our relationship and friendship started out by i don't think i gave him a bible study the first three months i knew him uh -huh. I don't think we may have even talked about the Lord for the first three months I knew him. Yeah, It was just, why do you go to school? Why are you here? What are you doing with your life? Just getting to know him. And then my conversation started turning and questions started coming to me. And I never really, I, it was a long time for opening up the Bible in front of me. I mean, that may be bad or not, but we was, I was building that friendship. Sure. Until at night, 11 o'clock later at night, he came to my room and was like, Hey, what's about this? And then we open up our Bible, and from there on, it led to more and more questions, more and more seeking and longing for what the Word of God says, until eventually he found himself at an altar, and the Lord filled him with the Holy Ghost. That's a great story, and it's a perfect example of what we're talking about. Because, again, our churches, we're waiting for this great revival, but Jesus told us to be disciple-makers, to go yes, make disciples. And that's done one at a time. Yep. So it doesn't matter how big your church is. You may have a church of several hundred, but yet a true disciple is made individually one at a time. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing is, is the perfect example of you've got to establish a line of trust and confidence. Yep. A, a good elder in our church way back in, probably the 1960s, maybe. Yeah, I was in the early 1960s. He was won to the Lord by a pastor, but the pastor never taught him a Bible study. He went coon hunting with him. And several nights a week, they would go coon hunting together. And this, this fellow's wife attended church, but he didn't. But over the process of developing a relationship with him, this young coon hunter, developed confidence in this pastor. The pastor didn't talk down to him, didn't criticize his lifestyle, but eventually he came to a revival and 
his wife was up praying in the altar, received the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. And this preacher went back to him and said, have you ever seen a person receive the Holy Ghost? And he said, no. He said, well, come up here. And he took him up to the altar. He didn't ask him, do you need to repent? Are you? He, he said, have you ever seen uh, anybody <laughs> receive the Holy Ghost? So it was, it was not what we would consider a heavy spiritual conversation. Yeah. Neither was the coon hunting, but all of it was a path of establishing trust, building a relationship, that today that, that guy's in his 80s now and has been a strong elder in the church for many, many years, has children involved in ministry. And it all started with just a man making a disciple by developing relationships. So I love your story. It's a perfect example of what we're trying other people to realize. I can do this. We can yeah. do this. Yeah, this is for everyone, not just a single, not just for the pastors or the youth pastors. It's for everyone. Absolutely. This is a culture we're trying to build and that once we get going, I do believe this is the start. This could be the start of revival and like we've never seen before by just disciple making and bringing people to the Lord. And it just leads more and more and more. No question. I'm convinced again, this is this is the Lord's command. This is how he said, let's build our church. This is how it's gonna be done. And so I'm excited to see it being done. And especially this splash initiative here, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to what's gonna happen in the next few months. Yes, sir. We're very thankful that Brother Edward stopped by and took his time today to show his heart and his passion for the Tennessee district and the youth. We're so blessed for great leadership. But I just want to close this out today looking at a, an account in Matthew 4. We'd already seen the account in Luke 5. But this is the calling of the disciples. And in verse 18 it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. So today I just want you to know that you are called to be a disciple maker, that it doesn't matter where you come from, what you did before, that God already has a plan for you, already has a purpose for you, but he is calling after someone today to go and do his work, to go and follow after his will. Because these fishermen, these fishermen were, were sitting there fishing. They were just doing what they normally do, but in with an encounter of God, but within a moment with God, he said, lay down your nets, pick up my nets, and follow after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Not just fishers of the things you did in this world, not just fishermen of the things you have plan to do in this world but pick up the spiritual net pick up the net that i have planted pick up the plan and follow after what i have for you and i will take you places that the place you had planned before you will not ever go to so god is calling after someone disciple making is for you no matter where you come from where you've been what you've done disciple making is for everyone thanks for joining us on splash today we can't wait to see you next time